Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. Got a copy of the Word. Open it up to the book of James in the New Testament. James chapter 1, right at the beginning. We're going to look at a handful of verses today. I think I'll read verses 1 through 4 for you. We'll kick off a new series today for this summer. A new course of, of study and a new course of, of thought. Uh, we're going to take a, a biblical uh, look at, at teaching uh, concerning tests and trials in the lives of God's children. I'm going to call it TNT, Trials and Tests. It's going to be encouragement for those moments when life just kind of blows up on you. Man, and that happens from time to time. Life just gets out of hand, it gets over the top of you, it gets on you. There's great teaching in the Word of God that encourages us along. Now, it's not uh, often not the most joyful thoughts that come to mind when I say those two words, trials and, and tests. But the New Testament certainly has, has much to say on the subject. And also, trials and tests are things in life and, and that life has made us very familiar with. I would assert today that there are many here facing overwhelming things. You might not know it, but they are. I would assert to you there are many here facing troubling things. There are many here facing those pesky things in life. But I will assure you today that everybody here is facing something. Everybody here is in a place of, of trial and testing. And our goal, our aim through this study, our desire, man, and in our lives is to be able to live through and overcome these trials and tests of life. And we'll begin our study right here in James 1, 1 through 4, a place we receive much counsel concerning trials and tests. So let's read it together. It says, James, a servant of who? And of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. He says, greetings. Verse 2, my brethren... What a statement in the Word of God. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I'm going to make four statements, give you four introductory thoughts to this series and maybe whet your appetite to hang around this summer and learn a little bit about tests and trials. Number one, I want you to see in this passage that trials and tests are what I call promised. Trials and tests are things that are promised in your life. Here in the book of James and throughout the Word of God, we realize that trials and tests are part of every Christian's life. You see, it's not if, he says, but it's when, James says. It's a promise to all Christians that we will surely face tests and trials. Not some of us will, all of us will. When we hearken back to the words of Jesus Christ himself, in John 16, he says this, In this world, you will have tribulation. Not you might have it, or perhaps along the way, you'll encounter some resistance. You find that he says, man, no, be assured that you're going to have tribulation as long as you live in this world. James reiterates that sentiment when he says, when here? When, when, when? I'm going to tell you, all who name his name will be tested and tried. James says, my brethren, my brethren. He's including us in that. He's saying anybody who relates to Christ in the same way I do. 
Anybody who knows Him in the free pardon of sin, anybody who's a child of the King, you can rest assured that somewhere along the line, tests and trials will come. Now, I don't know about you. I often pray, man, Lord, don't let me face any tests. Don't let me face any trials. I pray that. I'm just being transparent. Father, if you can get me through this without a test or a trial, I'd sure thank you. And man, I get up from there expecting that that will happen only to find the sun comes up the next day. And there they are. I remember when I started up at the University of North Carolina uh, at, at Asheville. Man, they gave us a placement test up there in math. And if you could do really well on that test, you could skip a few courses in math up there. In those days, we really didn't have high school credit. Uh, you couldn't carry your credit from high school into college. The best you could do was learn enough in high school to apply it to that test in college so that you wouldn't have have to do those remedial courses you could jump kind of to the level that you were in and man I thought what a glorious opportunity to be able to skip some work because I've never been one who wanted to work in any way shape or form so any work I could skip and get credit for it and get by I was all about that and man, I did pretty well in math. I, I, I did pretty well in high school. And, and as a result, was able to take that test and, and skip a few courses that some other guys I started with had to take. But I'm here to tell you, you can't test out of a trial in life. You cannot. There's no test that you go take. And God says, hey, you don't need this trial. I, I'll skip you on down the road. You see, in life, you've got to take every course. You've got to face every test. You've got to face every trial. You're going to have to walk through these things. I wrote this down, if the heroes of the faith, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, and I went back and did that, and we may preach a message or two in this series from that place. If the heroes of the faith had to walk that road, then so shall we. If you look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't help but describe it as a constant test and a constant trial. And man, if our Lord and Savior, as He walked on this planet, had to endure tests and trials, beloved, we should be sure that we shall too. That as we walk and as we move, we can rest assured that no one is exempt from tests and trials. I'm going to give you a word of caution. Often we look around at folks, their lives, people we know, and on the outside it seems, and we often even say to ourselves, why does nothing ever go wrong for them? Why is it that I look at their life and, man, everything they touch just turns to gold? It seems that everything's good. Let me tell you something. That's just the enemy messing with your mind. Because I don't care what it looks like on the outside. You rest assured and hear this preacher's voice today. Everybody in this building who's drawing breath today is facing a trial and a test on some level and in some place in their life. The first teaching we need as we enter into this is to understand that these things are promised. I'm not here to teach you how to be exempt from these things because that's impossible. I'm here to hopefully encourage you as you walk through them to man learn how to live and learn how to come out the other side with great joy. With great joy. The first thing we see that trials are promised. The second thing I want you to see before we dive into this study and out of these verses right here is that trials are prolific. I want you to note the plural that he uses here. He says in verse 2, when you fall into diverse temptations. That means temptations of various kinds and various degrees. Not one temptation in your life. There's not one big challenge you're going to face in your life. He's saying there's diverse temptations. He uses the plural in this context telling us that trials 
are prolific. I wrote this down. That means the roof will be leaking. That means the car's going to quit. That means the water heater's going to blow up. That means the check you didn't mean to write bad would bounce. That means the plant's going to come to you and say we're having to cut your hours back. That means the kids are going to get sick or go crazy, one of the two. And it's all going to happen at the same time in your life, beloved. How many of y'all ever experienced a scenario such as that? Trials are prolific in your life. It's not that you've just got one thing in life to deal with. It's not even that you've just got one thing at a time to deal with in life. It's that, man, here they are everywhere I cast my eyes in my life. There's a test and there's a trial. And James is saying, man, listen, uh, don't be surprised when you fall into these diverse temptations. We won't just face one test, not one trial, not one at a time, mostly every day, every hour, every minute. A test will come along. I read a story from a historian, Shelby Foote. He tells of a soldier who was wounded at the Battle of Shiloh during the American Civil War. And he was ordered to go to the rear until he recovered. And the fighting was so fierce that day, within minutes he returned to his commanding officer and he uttered these words. He said, Captain, give me a gun. The, this fight ain't got no rear. I've been back there and I can't find a place where there is no fight. Give me a gun because I'm in it. And you see, in your life, there is no rear concerning tests and trials. There's no place you're going to go to hide from them. They're prolific in your life. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you go, you're going to be facing those tests and trials. I'm going to give you a note here. Rare is the season, I wrote this down. Rare is the season in life when seemingly nothing is out of whack. Rare is the season in life when you look around and say, man, everything's just clicking. Everything's just rolling. Man, it's hard for me to think of a time in my life when I could say that about everything. Rare is the season when nothing's out of whack. We set ourselves up for disappointment when we think that ought to be the norm. It's been well said, and that bears repeating here. You're either in a storm in life, you're coming out of a storm in life, or you're headed into a storm in life. It's just the way it is. Trials, my friends, are prolific. Tests are prolific in your life. Thirdly, I want you to see that trials are also pointed. Trials are also very pointed. I love what he says here. He says, man, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, be assured of this. That the trying, and what are those three words? Of your what? Faith. Say it out loud with me on the count of three, that, 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 the faith word. One, two, three, faith. These are trials of your faith. These trials and tests are, are very pointed, my friend. They're aimed at one place. They're aimed at your faith. Man, a lot of wonderful things has happened this past week, man. A lot of things going on. A lot of big things to be settled. You had the NBA Finals. You got the Stanley Cup. They're, they're playing for that. Uh, above all that was National Donut Day this week. I mean, y'all, hey, hey. Man, some great things happening this week. And I appreciate all those texts. I can't tell you how many texts and calls I got. Preacher, did you know it was National Donut Day today? Listen, that's my favorite non-Christian holiday. I mean, hey, I knew it was National Donut Day. A lot of big things taking place this week. Yesterday, they ran a, a little bitty horse race. They ran a little bitty old horse race, the Belmont Stakes. Turned out to be a pretty big deal, didn't it? Why? 
is after 37 years, somebody won the Triple Crown. People were speculating that it couldn't be done anymore. People were speculating that those days were, were gone and there's too many good horses, too many uh, competitive horses, that the breed just wasn't the same as it was back in those days. And there just wasn't very much chance at all that anybody could do it. A man, American Pharaoh, yesterday won the Belmont Stakes, third jewel in the Triple Crown, running the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont Stakes. And man, all these races are aimed at one thing. They're aimed at identifying the best three-year-old thoroughbred in the world. See, it's not really about the fanfare. Not really. Not really about the owners. It's not really about the trainers. Not really. It's not really about the money. Well, maybe it's a little bit about the money. I, I mean, I've got to be honest. Maybe, maybe it is a little bit about the money. I don't know. For most people in the world, it ain't about the money. There's a select few that it's about the money when they run these things. It's really about the horse. They interviewed his trainer after the win yesterday. And they asked him this question. How do you do it? How do you, how do you win a, a triple crown? Give us this great insight that you have on, on how you arrive at this place in life. How do, you, how do you accomplish something of this magnitude? And I loved his answer. He said, well, I can tell you one thing. You better have a really great horse if you're going to win the triple crown. You better have one. Doesn't really matter what else you have if you don't have a, a great horse. And you see that race is uh, aimed at identifying, yes, the, the best racehorse in the world today. But man, if you win the Triple Crown, you're talking about identifying a racehorse that maybe be one of the best that ever, ever lived because only a dozen have done it in over a hundred years. You see, it's really about the horse. Long after they forget the jockey, they'll remember American Pharaoh. You see, in your life you do well that the trials, to remember that the trials you face, these, these tests you face in your life, I'm going to give you some revelation here, my friends. These trials and tests are not really about your finances. You think they are. You think they're about your finances. You're thinking about, man, I, I need to learn to manage. And you do. Listen, don't, don't, don't let me hinder that. You do need to pay attention to that in your life. You do need to learn to be a good steward. And man, manage the money and the resources that God has placed into your life. But I'm here to tell you that your trials and tribulations are not really about your finances. I'm going to go a little further. Not really about your physical body. It's not about the things that are going on inside you. And let me tell you, the older I get, man, physically, I face more trials and tests than I could ever imagine were out there. But I'm here to tell you, it's not really about your physical body today. Even beyond that, it's not about your family. You see, you, you face trials and tests inside your family, and you worry about that person, and you worry about this person. But I'm here to tell you, trials and temptations really aren't aimed at any of those things. They are about your faith, beloved. They're about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's your faith that will stand trial in this life. It's your faith that's on trial. It's your belief and your trust in God, man, that the enemy wants to snatch from you. And I want you to know the results of this test of faith are, are, are for your knowledge and your growth, not for God's. Some people think, well, God's testing me to see if I'll do this. Let me tell you something about God. He knows everything, beloved. He knows everything about you. He knows everything you've ever thought. The, the Word tells us He even knows the very hairs on our head. Man, He knows what we have need of before we even ask. He knows you better than you know yourself. You see, these tests aren't for Him. He already knows the outcome of the tests in your life. These tests are for you. 
These tests are so that your faith might be built up and so that you might understand who you are and how much you really need and depend and how much you really love the Lord Jesus Christ. Some scriptural examples. How about Job? I want you to note particularly how God identified Job when the enemy came into his presence and began to accuse Job. He said, have you considered my servant? God knew all the time. God knew who he was. God knew how he was going to react. God knew every thought that he was going to think when he went under these tests and trials in his life. God already knew it. But he was saying, let me prove to Job who Job is. And enemy, let me prove to you what one of my servants and one of my children looks like. And you see, these trials in your life today have to do with your faith. How about Peter? Man, I love the prayer, the little remark that Jesus made to Peter. He said, I have prayed for you, Peter. I've prayed for you. And he could have said, I've prayed a lot of things for you. He could have said, I've prayed that you be blessed. I pray that your ministry be anointed. I pray that you have many converts. I hope that you allow the Holy Spirit. I pray you allow Him to work through you in such a way that some of your writings will enter the New Testament. Those are lofty and wonderful prayers, but that's not what He said. He said, look, I've prayed for you that when this hour of temptation comes, what did He say? That, you, that your faith does not fail you. I've prayed for that. And you see, it's not about anything else in your life. These trials and tests that you undergo as a Christian, as a child of the King, these trials and tests that you undergo are very pointed. They're aimed at your faith. Let me tell you, the minute the enemy can get you to stop trusting God, he has you. If he can use your finances to do that, he will. If he can use your physical body to do that, he will. If he can use anything in your life, your family, your friends, anything, your job, if he can use anything, man, to rob you of your belief and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you rest assured he will. Because the minute he can get you to stop trusting in God, he owns you and he has you. These tests and trials in your life, as we study in the future, we have to remember they are about our faith. Don't be lured. I wrote this down as a note. Don't be lured into thinking that the thing you are going through is about anything else but your faith. Hold fast. Stand and say, I will trust in my Heavenly Father. I'll trust Him. Fourthly, and I'm going to try to sell this point to you because... This is the place I'm going to jump off, and this is going to be really the theme of our te teachings. Fourthly, I want you to see that trials are what I call purposeful. Trials are purposeful. They produce something in your life. You go through them for a reason. I love verse 3 and 4. He says, man, count it all joy. What a lofty thought. What do you mean? When I'm hurting, count it joy. When I'm under test, count it joy. What are you talking about? When I fall into diverse temptations. Why? Because you know this. Know this thing as you're going through it. Be absolutely convinced and aware of this truth that, man, when you're going through these things, the trying of your faith, it does something. I love the King James rendering. It worketh patience. And let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Worketh means produce. It produces something in your life. These things are purposeful in your life. God has made you a promise over and over to work in the midst of these tests and trials to achieve some specific aims in your life. 
He uses them as a, as a tool in your life. As you go through them uh, to make you into the person that He intends you to be. Ultimately, more like Him is what we're after. I love this thought and this sentiment. Trials amount to something. They have a result. Trials amount to something. They have a result. That means this. That means nothing you've gone through in your life. That means nothing you're going through today. That means as you walk and live in the future, by God's grace on this planet, that nothing you'll go through, even in those moments, no test, no trial, will be wasted time in your life. God is going to use it, and it's going to produce something that He desires you to understand and know in your life. They amount to something. God has a, a purpose. God has a, a goal. God has a, a reason for it all in your life. I was watching Good Morning America the other day. There was a lady on there that caught my attention. She was in remission from a, a dreadful disease. And she said, after I, I got better and got out, she said, it dawned on me that most people who came by me were trying to support me and love me in that moment really had no idea what to say to me when they were there. They had no idea how to speak into my life. They were trying to encourage me for all they were worth. And, and man, they were trying to help me. And she said, I thought to myself, what a, what a great thing it would be to come up with a line of, of greeting cards that, that, man, somebody who had been there you, it could write and you could give those to people and it would speak into their lives the things that they really want and need to hear. And what a help it would be for us outside sometimes who are there. And we, and we just don't know what to say. We just don't know what to speak into the life. Some were just truly wonderful, but one particularly stuck with me. It was a card that on the front, it read this way, and I wrote it down so I, I wouldn't mess it up. It read just this way, and it struck me, man, when I saw it. It said this, I'm going to punch the next person who says everything happens for a reason right in the mouth for you. I'm going to punch the next person that says that on your behalf right in the mouth. Man, I understand the sentiment. I understand what the message is. They're saying this. Listen to what they're saying. They're saying some things just happen. There's no reason for them. They just happen. They just happen. I'm here to tell you that is a, for a, for a child of the king, that is a dreadful way to live your life. As a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I can't think of a thing, a, a, a way to believe that things are going on in your life. What's happening in your life? I can't think of a way to reason about it that's more dreadful than that. Well, th some things just happen. There's not a reason for it. How many of y'all understand that in the life of the child of the king, a life, a life that's been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, a life that exists in the, in the sovereign hand of an almighty God, nothing just happens in your life. Everything that happens in your life is for a reason. God is going to see to it. You say, Pastor, did he cause all those things? No, but he uses all those things. He may not have caused them, but beloved, He uses those moments in your life. There's a purpose to them. They're not just wasted time. They're things that aren't just happening in your life. God has a, a purpose for it all. In my life, my faith in Him dictates that everything in my life is purposeful and under the control of His sovereign hand. Aren't you glad today that, that man alive, what's going on in your life, God's at work in Aren't you glad that those tests and those trials aren't just there to frustrate you for no reason at all? 
But your heavenly Father, who knows everything and sees everything, is up above you working those things on your behalf. Doesn't Paul tell us in the New Testament? He says, man, everything, doesn't he? Works together, what? For your good. If you're called according to his purpose, if you love him, everything in your life, he causes it all to work together for your good. And man, as we go through uh, this series, I I want you to, to think about this thought more than anything, that man, what I'm going through in my life has a purpose, and it has a reason. You know, we'll only be able to count it all joy when we believe that. The only way you'll ever be able to count it all joy The only way you're ever going to say, man, I'm glad this thing came into my life. Wow, uh, man, life, here's another test, and here's another trial. How joyful a moment this is in my life. The only way you'll ever be able to do that is if you really believe that God is at work in it, and the results of it are going to be for your good. Let me ask you something. How many of y'all believe that is true? I'm going to ask you again. How many of y'all really believe? Believe that you serve that big a God who loves you that much in your life that He's working everything for your good. Let me see your hands this morning. Praise be unto God. They have purpose, man. They have purpose. These tests, these trials. And, and man, when we begin to believe that, believe that, we live with that joy that James is speaking of. We live with that peace that passes all understanding. We begin to live with victory when we come to the place to rest in this truth. And what's going on in my life, it truly is for a purpose. God's working in it. And they produce His desired results. You know the great thing about God? He doesn't just leave us to say there are results. And leave us to believe there really are desired outcomes. Without telling us what some of these results are. You see, it's not a, an empty thing. We just, we just shouldn't say, well, uh, it, there's a reason for it and move on. We should understand some of the things that God's up to. And man, I hope in this series, in the weeks ahead, that we're going to look at this thing. Why? You know, if you're honest with yourself, when a trial and a temptation comes into your life, most often, the first thing that you think, if you don't say it out loud, most often, not all the time, but most often the thing that comes to your mind is, why? Why is this, God? Well, I believe the Lord wants you to know some answers to that. I believe in His Word there are some answers to that. I believe that He revealed to us some of the things that He's up to. Now, I will tell you, don't you come back in the next few weeks saying, gosh, that little pastor, he's going to explain every eventuality. He's going to explain every nuance. He's going to explain every occurrence of the working of God in my life. Listen, if you come listening for that, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But I believe what we can do is use the Word of God to pull back that veil a little bit. We don't have to just stand outside it. We can look into the Word of God and learn what God might be up to. In way of conclusion, let me draw a bit of a contrast. For the world, think about this. He said, my brethren. There's there's two people that are really implied here. Those that aren't the brethren. For the world, for people living in this world, trials and tests are absolutely paralyzing. When something comes into their life, that's just... Have you ever heard anybody say, this is just the end of the world? When it comes into their life, it just paralyzes them. Why? Because they have no recourse. They have no hope. They have nothing to look forward to. Oh, but in in the life of a child of the king, 
trials are purposeful. Why? Because we trust in Him. Because we have a hope that He is up to something. That nothing we're going through is a waste of time. He's not causing all of it, but believe, beloved, we believe He's powerful enough to use it all. I want you to bow your heads right just for a moment. And I want, to take, I want you to take this moment and I want you to pray a very, very specific prayer as we begin to look at these things this summer. I want you to pray this. God, will you begin to show me your purpose in these trying moments in my life? God, will you begin to show me what you're doing at work? Why is it this hard? What are you doing? God, will you begin to show me what's going on with this physical ailment? Will you begin to show me what you're doing in my life? What are you trying to teach me? Just pray, God, would you begin to open up my understanding a little bit to what it is you're up to? Because, see, we'll look at down the road in more depth that trials are often very personal. God has no cookie-cutter trial. He works with the skill of a, of a divine surgeon in your life. And He uses with great competency and effectiveness those things that are going on. Pray, God, would you show me? Just begin to show me in this moment. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, Visit us online at trinityaffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.